Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Prince Harry wants his brother and father back as he gears up for his book release. The leaking and the planting. I want a family, not an institution. The royal family rings in the new year and the holidays as King Charles delivers his first Christmas speech. I am reminded of the deeply touching letters, cards, and messages which so many of you have sent my wife and myself. Plus, royal expert Jonathan Sacerdoti reacts to Harry's claims and previews what the royals have in store in 2023. On the one hand, more of the same. And on the other hand, wow, this is... It's shocking stuff. I mean, it seems to me like he's acknowledging there's, there's no way back from this. We've got that plus so much more in today's Royally Us. Hello to our fellow royal lovers and welcome to Royally Us. I'm Christina, that's Christine, and a happy new year to everybody. I can't believe we are in 2023. <laughs> I know, it's so exciting. I love the new year. It feels very fresh. Um, and normally there's a quiet few weeks of royal news, but we actually have a lot to talk about today. So much to talk about. Thank you, Prince Harry, for keeping us busy um, for the next probably month or so. It's going to be it's going to be crazy. But before we get into everything, we want to see what you guys had to say about last week's show, which was kind of a recap of the biggest royal stories of the year. And Rebecca says, Prince Louis with the queen on the balcony, such an iconic image. Yes, we absolutely love that image. It was so great. And Susanna says, I laugh at the pen moment. I'm thinking if it had been an American like me, the language would have been way more colorful. LOL. <laughs> Probably. Very true. <laughs> so much, so much, so many uh, great moments in 2022 that I'm sure will carry over to 2023. And we're, like we said, we're already kicking things off with the bang. So let's get into our Royal Roundup because Prince Harry is opening up about his relationships or lack thereof with King Charles and Prince William before the release of his tell-all book, Spare, which comes out next week. He is set to give two interviews, one with 60 Minutes and the UK's ITV before Spare hits shelves next week. In clips from the upcoming sit-downs, Harry sheds light on where he and Meghan stand with his father, his brother, in the wake of their 2020 royal exit. Take a look. It never needed to be this way. The leaking and the planting. I want a family, not an institution. They feel as though it's better to keep us somehow as the villains. They've shown absolutely no willingness to reconcile I would like to get my father back. So he also spoke to CNN's Anderson Cooper, and he explained why Harry explains why he and Meghan felt compelled to share their truths about life within the firm since leaving their royal roles behind. Take a look at this one. You know, the family motto is never complain, never explain, but it's just a motto, and it doesn't really hold. There's a lot of complaining and a lot of explaining. And private being done in through leaks. Through leaks, they will feed or have a conversation with the correspondent. And that correspondent will literally be spoon-fed information and write the story. And then the bottom of it, 
they will say that they've reached out to Buckingham Palace for comment. Mm. But the whole story is Buckingham Palace commenting. Oh my, um, <laughs> lots to get to. It's, you know, obviously these are such short clips and it seems a little bit more of the same, but also a lot different as well. You know, talking why he decided to come forward because he felt that, you know, every time he spoke to the royal family, um, stories would get leaked. And he tried to handle this privately, felt like their silence is a betrayal. A lot of little um, nuggets in just these uh, 30 second clips. Yeah, it'll be so interesting if, you know, we talked about in the Netflix series, it was kind of like three hours of nothing with like one or two juicy moments. So I wonder if this is, you know, sort of an hour long interview with only 30 seconds of anything interesting being said. Mm -hmm. But he certainly is even just these 30 second clips saying a lot. Yes. He's saying a lot. Yeah, no, he really is. And the fact that he saying that he wants his brother and his father back, not necessarily wants the firm back, not not the institution, not that part of it, but he wants the relationship with his brother and his father. But I don't know this doesn't really seem like the way to me. <laughs> no, I don't see. I mean, it's one thing to want them back in a perfect yeah. world, but he's definitely not. You know, I don't think he's willing to do the things or make any of the changes that would, you know, lead to that. It's so I think it's just at this point of hearing the story over and over again, it's really sad to see this family just so fractured, so broken. And it is, you know, the royal family stance of never complain, never explain. They're not responding to anything. And I think they'll continue to not respond to anything. And it just sort of, you know, it almost makes Harry and Meghan telling their story seem even you know more difficult to watch and in, in a way like it's difficult to look at when the other side is just not even giving them the, it's not not acknowledging at all it's yeah no you make a good point it's starting to get a little cringy i'm like yeah. do i really want to keep watching this and watching him rehash this you know in our um you know we've we've spoken about this before it's almost like what they did to like the Markle family is kind of what they're doing now. Like he got, they got so mad that Thomas Markle went to the press to talk about it, but they're doing that. So I'm not really understanding. Obviously they're getting paid a lot of money and this yeah. is maybe yeah. what the driving force behind this is, but this is not a way to reconcile with your family. This is not a move forward. I'm hoping after this book comes out that they'll stop talking about it. And, and yes, I'm sure the Royal family does some shady things behind the scenes by, you know, it seems like they do leak some stories maybe they you know talk to the press off record and like harry kind of alluded to or alleged and saying like even though the buckingham palace never comments on these stories that is somebody from buckingham palace maybe that happens but i don't know it just this just doesn't seem like the way to go it's you know it's i've seen a lot of journalists and royal reporters and you know sort of editors who work on big royal stories and almost all of them are like this is not how this works you know and those are from the, the mouths of the journalists or even former journalists who really have nothing to lose here sure. by, mm -hmm. you know, saying, oh, yes, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think to your point, you know, they've told the story over and over and over again. And now people are sort of responding to it in a again, you know, <laughs> sort of right. saying, what more do you have to, to say at this point? Mm -hmm. And so I agree. I hope I think maybe this is tied to the book deal. You know, they're sort of being told this is what is selling copies and papers sure. and viewerships. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping after this book comes out that they sort of, again, all what I want them to do is dedicate their time and energy to their projects like Archwell, mm -hmm. um, the charities that they support. And we're not seeing that. We're seeing them, you know, 
lambasting the royal family. Right. Yeah. No. And I'm sure that, you know, it, it seems like Harry is very scorned, very angry that the <laughs> the royal family did not say more in defense of Meghan and help Meghan. You know, he said that the silence is a betrayal and I'm sure he feels that way. And, you know, it does. It seems like probably both parties, both the royal family and Prince Harry, they don't trust each other. And when right. you don't have trust, I don't think that, that you're going to have a relationship. So it doesn't seem like this is going to have a happy ending anytime soon. Right. I, I totally agree. Oh, well. All right. Well, let's (laughs) switch over to some happy news because the royal family started off the new year by bringing back a tradition. King Charles and uh, Queen Consort Camilla attended a morning New Year's Day service at St. Mary Magdalene Church in Sandringham, um, a beloved annual tradition by his mother, Queen Elizabeth. The royal family tradition of attending New Year's Day service at St. Mary's Church um, ceased for two years because of um, COVID and then Queen Elizabeth's health struggles. But the royal family returned, which is so great. And on Christmas morning, they stepped out for church, um, greeting members of the public, following the service, and then heading back to the house for a traditional turkey lunch with all the trimmings, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure it was a somber uh, holiday, of course, without Queen Elizabeth there. But it's nice to see them going back to traditions, having the Christmas walkabout. Prince Louis made his first appearance, and it was adorable. I Yes, I love this. I love you know seeing them on Christmas Day every year. I'm sure it must have been... It's- you know, whenever you lose a family member, those first Christmases are always the hardest. But I imagine being together and keeping up those traditions was healing in its own way. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing to see the royal family. And you really saw, you know, the the who the royal family is today. You know, um, the king and queen, William and Kate, and their three beautiful children. You saw Beatrice and Eugenie. And you even saw Beatrice's stepson, which I absolutely loved, um, that he was included in the, the Wessexes. I mean, I think it was just a great coming out out of, you know, uh, returning to normal in a sense post-pandemic after the Queen's death with all the new changes and all the drama with the family. It was really, really special to see them um, just in a very royal event. Getting back to a little bit of normal, which we love to see. And, you know, the king continued a royal tradition by delivering an address on Christmas Day that was broadcast across the UK and around the world. He spoke about the the loss of his mother, um, who died, of course, back in September. So take a quick look. Christmas is a particularly poignant time for all of us who have lost loved ones. We feel their absence at every familiar turn of the season and remember them in each cherished tradition. Yeah, so his very first Christmas address, a lot of people were tuning in. And of course, this was very different from Queen Elizabeth's uh, usual um, Christmas addresses. This was filmed in the choir of St. George's Chapel at Windsor Castle, where, of course, the Queen and and Prince Philip are buried. So definitely a nod to his mother and father, which I thought was really nice. Uh, It was such a it was really moving to see um, the Christmas message on Christmas Day with the king. I mean, it's just such a huge change. But I think a lot of the conversation about King Charles's reign is, you know, uh, addressing a modern United Kingdom and really the modern Commonwealth. Um, And he, you know, pledged to serve under the Church of England, you know, the faith of England. But that's not what England looked like. And so it was really important, I think, when he spoke about, you know, the community work of the churches, synagogues, mosques, temples, um, throughout the United Kingdom and spoke about all the diverse ways that, you know, people are serving other people and talking about service to others, how important that was to the queen, um, the, the late queen, but just how important that is to people in general and how important it is. And he said something in the Christmas message, which I found really touching. He said that 
anybody who has ever helped, um, you know, someone in need. Mm -hmm. And I loved that because almost anyone, you know, unless you're real, a real Grinch or real (laughs) Scrooge, if you will, has done something to help someone in need. Mm -hmm. And so everyone sort of felt, um, you know, spoken to in that moment. So it was really incredible historic moment uh, that really showed us what he wants to be as king. Yeah, definitely. And I liked that, you know, usually the queen was surrounded by family photos in the background. And that was a lot of topic of conversation. This time, you know, we saw him standing. We didn't see any photos in the background. So the real focus was the message, which I think was really important because that's, of course, what everybody we talking about, who made the cut. And like now this year we focused on the message, which I thought was really important. Yes. Yeah. And, you you know, we did see clips of, um, you know, uh, first responders and people helping others, but also members of the royal family visiting these really important organizations. Mm-hmm. And again, it showed us who in King Charles's mind is this slim down working monarchy royal family. We saw that, you know, in, in the message and in, in these clips of, you know, who was included and whose work was included. And so it was just it was so meaningful. If you really dissect, dissected it like we did, you know, it was, it was really well done. It really was. All right. Well, well, let's spill some royalty because the mirror is reporting that the prince and princess of wales had an outing with their kids um visiting the christmas theme park lapland uk along with their nanny um so lapland uk i've never been have you been i haven't been because um my boys are too young but i'm hoping we can go soon it's very much a thing to do uh-huh. um, it's sort of a Christmassy theme park that pops up at Ascot every year. It's been going for about 15 years. I've heard it's just incredible. I mean, you really feel like you've been transported to the North Pole. It's a very, very um, theatrical experience. And I'm not surprised that the the Prince and Princess of Wales took their children because so many people go. I mean, it sells out in like October, mm-hmm. um, the tickets for this event. And it's a really, really special event. But it's also very normal. So many people do it. So I love that William and Kate and the kids were spotted. I love that. Well, Hello reported that the royal children appeared to have fun with Charlotte and George seen carrying toys with their own Kivy the Husky. Um, they t- attempted to blend in with the crowd. I can't imagine walking around being like, oh, my God, there's the future kid. <laughs> and the future queen consort. It's got to be amazing. Um, but yeah, they all were very coordinated. I think uh, Prince George was wearing one of uh, Princess Kate's old hats. So that got a lot of people talking too. Uh, but great to see that, you know, they're just like us. <laughs> I know. I think this is this was amazing. You know, and I think this was several weeks ago. So really the kids were able to have this very normal experience and no one knew about it. You know, I'm sure no one was sort of making, you know, a big scene about them being there. Otherwise we would have heard about it a lot sooner. So it's just lovely that they've had this very normal experience that their classmates would have had you know they've all probably gone as well um so it's just really special you know William and Kate want their children to have as normal of a childhood as possible and this was such a normal family thing to do I love it I love to see it all right well let's break down some royal rules and to help us do this is um, royal expert Jonathan Sacerdoti who's going to talk all about his reaction to Prince Harry's interviews plus what the royal family has to look forward to in 2023 take a look you know, we're already kicking off 2023 with a bang with the royal family, kicking off with this um, double interview that ha- uh, Prince Harry is doing with Anderson Cooper and ITV. You know, we just saw a couple clips that they've released, but what do you make of what he's had to say thus far? On the one hand, more of the same. And on the other hand, wow, this is, it's shocking stuff. I mean, it seems to me like he's acknowledging there's, there's no way back from this. Yeah. Uh, so in those interviews, both of the tiny clips we've seen so far, and of course we're, we'll await the full interviews, but 
we see that he said he wants his brother back, he wants his father back. He's not talking about wanting the institution back, he says, but wants his family back. Yeah. I think that seems a bit rich, to be honest, because Meghan and Harry have done everything they could to alienate themselves from their family. What do you think Harry's endgame is? Because if you want to reconcile things with your brother and your your father, this doesn't seem to be the way. Well, it's endless and, and it's over and over and repeated because they haven't got much else. And I think they're proving that. I think the other thing that the couple want to market themselves as is, is leaders, thought leaders, uh, great thinkers. But it's nonsense. I don't think anyone really is falling from that. I mean, just in this clip of this interview, Harry says that there comes a point where silence is betrayal. It sounds very grand. That's because it's stolen from Martin Luther King Jr., uh, he was talking about the war in Vietnam and, and U.S. military action and how uh, U.S. citizens might want to speak out against it, but it's very difficult to do so. Not about whether or not the palace should have issued a press release about a petty spat to do with bridesmaid's dresses. So I think the point is that they're very grand about their own problems, which may feel very real to them. But really, they're not great thinkers. They're not great philosophers. They're not even psychologists. Though I think they'd like to have a, a big amount to say on the matter of, of mental health and mental illness. And in want of anything like that, in want of any actual quality material they can contribute to the world, what they're left with is gossip about the royal family. But we've heard almost every allegation they make many, many times before. And I think that means that it's wearing quite thin. That said, I'm sure this book will do fantastic sales at some point. I'm sure that people will be watching these two interviews, the ITV one and, of course, the 60 Minutes. So it's obviously working for them. And, and that leads me to the answer to your question, which is, what do they want from all this? Money. They're getting paid sackloads of cash for slagging off their families, for complaining about the royal family, for what some people have called untruths or, or the late Queen called recollections varying. Um, they're just getting paid tons and tons and tons of money for it. And I think they're going to carry on doing it as long as they are being paid that. All right. Well, moving on to the rest of the royal family, we obviously have some big events coming up this year. We have the coronation in May. Um, you know, it's going to be a big year of celebration. So what are kind of the uh, key things that we need to look forward to in 2023 for the royal family? In 2023, King Charles is going to really get going as king. I mean, this will be a year of firsts for him. Everything that he does will be more or less for the first time as king. And that's going to mean that we're all watching carefully, I think. So the coronation is, is going to be the most obvious of those. Most of us haven't seen a coronation happening during our lifetimes. And it will be really interesting to see, I think, how he shapes that, how he really keeps it traditional in the line of, of previous coronations, but also modernizes it for the current day and, and also makes it more relevant, perhaps look a little less extravagant uh, than previous ones, bearing in mind most people's uh, economic and financial hardship at the moment compared to, uh, well, even recent years. But I think that also they won't want to scale it back too much. I think that um, the late Queen's funeral and Jubilee celebrations actually uh, showed them that if they had plans to scale it back, maybe they should rethink them because it was a, a wonderful advert for the Great Britain, watched all over the world. Uh, we saw the Queen's coffin make its way through the whole country and all the pomp and circumstance surrounding the funeral in the morning. And I think that there's just uh, infinite interest in that sort of pageantry around the world. And maybe they'll think the same could be true for the 
for the coronation. And so perhaps there'll be more than than they might want to have planned for that. We'll also see if if they invite uh, Harry and Meghan. I suspect they will. Um, if they invite and feature very largely Prince Andrew because of the controversy surrounding him, those sorts of details will be interesting. Uh, but I think that it will go along the lines much of, of what we would expect. And then later on, we'll be also seeing how he changes the royal family, I think, whether he prioritises certain members over others, how they share the burden between them, uh, whether he does more streamlining, whether he does uh, try to reduce the number of people in, in the public eye and even public pay. Uh, all those sorts of details will be very interesting to see how, how he as a, a modern 21st century monarch uh, wishes to change and not change. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be the traditional institution um, and then as it goes on we may have uh, more royal pregnancies and births there are plenty of, of young couples within the family still who might oblige in that department that's often something that brightens things up uh, so I think there's there's certainly more to come and then from Meghan and Harry there'll be more to come William and Catherine will be carrying on with their duties I think their trip to Boston recently showed uh, the sort of style of, of uh, interests they wish to pursue and promote and also the kind of uh, way they're going to project themselves in future, which is, I think, quite middle of the road, sensibly, but also quite modern um, and quite safe. I think they'll try and play it. They had a few controversies with previous royal tours, um, things that looked controversial regarding race and uh, the history of colony and colonialization with the UK. So I think they'll be trying very carefully to strike that balance in their future activities too. Um, and I think, you know, business as usual for the royal family is probably what we could say. Lots to look forward to, Jonathan. Thank you so much for recapping it all. And we will be uh, talking about it as each and every event unfolds throughout the year. And I look forward to it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Happy New Year. Yeah, a lot of big things to look forward to this year. We got the coronation just a few months away, which will be here before we know it. But yeah, lot, lots of things to look forward to. And another thing to look forward to in our Royal History Moment as, of the Week is the Royal Mint released their first photos of the commemorative coins of the 2023 annual sets, honoring influential Brits and major cultural anniversaries. The latest collection includes a tribute to the king, who turns 75 in November. And it says that this set marks the beginning of a new chapter in nuministic history as the first to feature the new portrait of His Majesty the King. They uh, shared this on Twitter, saying that he personally approved his 75th birthday coin, which features a thoughtful flip side. The reverse shows the King's official cipher over the number 75, flanked by oak leaves and delphinums. So very cool. Um, it's nice that he personally approved this. 
Yeah, I love this. I I think this will be it'll be so strange to see coins with King Charles on it, not Queen Elizabeth. Yes. But I do wonder. I was looking at sort of um, the portrait of him, and I'm like, does does he get to Photoshop out some of his you know lines and wrinkles? You know, like, <laughs> is that why he approved it? Maybe. <laughs> I'm sure. Hey, I would approve it too if I had. The- it is a very flattering portrait. Um, I think it looks. You know, it's such a historic thing. It's very bizarre to see. It really is. Um, Well, this was so great. This is probably my favorite story of the week in our Pint Size Palace because Kate and William proudly showed off Prince George's artwork. Check this out. They shared this with the caption, Happy Christmas by George and a little watercolor painting. I mean, he is talented. It is so cute. Um, It was inspired by um, a Christmas card from an artist, Rendale Designs in the UK, which is really, really popular. You can get it at tons and tons of farm shops and country stores and things like that. Um, And the artist actually responded to this and said that she was just really delighted and honored to see this on Christmas Day. And I love when they share the children's artwork. I don't know why it's so sweet, but I feel like all of us, any parent knows how um, lovely it is when they bring home their artwork and you can, you, you do, you do want to share it. You want to post it on Instagram. So again, it feels very normal. Yeah. I'm sure this is hanging up on the fridge. I mean, this is, yes. this is pretty <laughs> really good good. For him. Um, well, that is it for this week's episode of a Royally Us. Next week's going to be a real big week with uh, Prince Harry's interviews, the book's fair coming out. Um, So we're going to have a lot to chat about. And of course, um, I'm sure you guys have a lot to say as well. So keep commenting, keep subscribing. And Christine and I are looking forward to recapping all the biggest royal stories of 2023. It's going to be a great year. Yes, I'm so excited. (laughs) All right, we'll see you guys next week.